Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. Welcome back to Andy Raymond Unfiltered, Mick Cronin, The Game's Gentleman, Part 2. Previously, we've spoken about his reluctance to move to Sydney, which clubs approached him before the Eels, and the tours. The story continues. The 1981 Premiership defeated Newtown 20 points to 11. Your first Premiership with the Eels, the Eels' first Premiership. How special was that? When Jack Gibson, after the 80 grand final, and I'd met Jack once before, and uh, I always remember he said, you don't say much. I thought, you haven't told me too much either in this conversation <laughs> so far. But I thought, well. So after this 1980 grand final, I ran into him at the, I was with Johnny Lang, I ran into him after the grand final yep. in Canterbury, and he started talking, and he said, uh, what do you want out of football? I said, I want to win a premiership, Jack. He said to Lang, he said, I think I've got myself a centre here. Yeah, that's all he said. But we never said anything about that again. But when we won in 82, he came up to me and said, you got greedy. I knew, I knew straight away what he meant. Yeah. And he knew, but I always, I always said, oh, geez, he's got a good memory, Jack. I always said I played football to win premiership. Yes. So if I'd have went through my whole career and never, never won one, I'd, 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 I know I'd have missed out on something, you know. But that's what I always played for at the start of the year. You're playing with your mates. Yep. Makes you know, and that's what it's, what it's about. 1981, you defeated Newtown. 1982, you defeated Manly. 1983, you defeated Manly. And you look at the score lines of the games and there, there wasn't many points scored compared to what we That's see now. Another. Very different game. Well, the game's different. I always remember once Manly beat us. Someone asked me a question. Manly beat us twice in the, in the semis, I think, both those years by yep. a big margin. They said... How do you come back from that? I said, well, you look around the room. I said, you look around the room and I see Ray Price, yeah. Brett Kenny, Steve Ella, Sterling, um, Growth, and all that. I said, I always think we've got something in our favour. Yes. You know? I said, we weren't, we weren't foolproof. We can have a bad game, but yeah. you always knew that if all things are going fair, we're, we're going to be hard to beat. A wonderful era in rugby league, is, wasn't it, the early 80s, especially for yeah. us Parramatta tragics? Well, it is, but I mean... Look, I'm a rugby, I'm a rugby league tragic. So yeah. people say, "Oh, it's better." Then I said, "Look, I'd hate to think the people now weren't in, weren't enjoying rugby league." Yep. I, I mean, I can find problems with the game in mm. some ways, but I mean, I still love the game. The fact I'm just finished coaching yeah. suggests that. You know, it's a long association, isn't it? But it's someone else's turn now. You were saying, well, when I said I've coached the previous eight years, I'd coached the junior sides from eleven through to eighteen. So <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't just those other twelve. There was probably Eight or nine before that, you yep. know. So I just thought, yeah, like when you think of it, it's 12 years, you've wiped out a few coaching careers of <laughs> other people. So I just thought it was time. 1986, one of the most famous grand finals, 4-2 over Canterbury. Uh, what, what are your recollections of the day? Look, my recollections of this, that I'd hate to think if people watched that game and thought that was as good as I could play football because... <laughs> I hurt my eye early that year. That was in a trial match. In trial match, eye, yeah. And uh, I was bl- I'm blind in one eye, so yep. it was sort of a struggle. And once it happened and the doctor said, look, your eye's buggered, I said, well, that's it, I'm finished. Yep. But, you know, it started to heal a bit and I said, oh, well, I'll think about it and started running around. I th- and Pricey and a couple others said, oh, you might as well sort of finish off. So I've got to thank Pricey. I said, oh, well, I'll give it a go and see how it goes. You're, look, re- you're ready to walk away mid-season. 
No, when I hurt my eye, I said, well, that's it. Because the doctor okay. said, look, your eye's buggered. Yep. He said, you know, so you sort of think, well, if I come back and lose the other eye, that's not a great option. No. So, so I thought, but when I start, then you start, that was the first, first or second. I remember telling my father, I said, it's all over. Yeah. But I said, and you start feeling better and you start running around a bit and you think, oh, I'll think about it. But yep. it was probably three months, it was probably July before it was completely healed. So I come back in July. Played a couple of games. I was just starting to feel a bit confident. Then I broke a rib. So, That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So then, I, and I, then I come back, and the the last couple of games, I think three of my four last games were against Canterbury. <laughs> so they were the Your first game back was might have been the semi final. I think. No, that, from my rib, it was. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so, but the actual grand final started off well. I got stuck in a bad traffic accident. I reckon I might have been, I don't know, hundred yards from where it was. But I, I think there might have been twenty or. 15 or 20 cars ran up the back of each other. And I'm sitting there because I had a history of cutting it fine, thinking this is going to be yeah. lovely. But um, How late were you to the game? Well, as it turned out, I was probably no later than normal. <laughs> a bloke, I saw a bloke on the side of the road and I said, mate, I shouldn't be. And he said, look, I know you are. He said, look, he said, you get up, follow me. He said, I'll get you in front of the accident. He said, you can't see where you're going. But he said, there's no one in front of you. So he got me on the grass, got me around. the Anyway, so I got there not much later than normal, but... I think the rumour went around that I got a police escort. Yes. Jack said, Jack always said, Jack Gibson said to me, he said, after you miss those first two goals, there's some Parramatta people saying those police should have minded their business. (laughs) (laughs) I said, said, don't worry, Jack, I was thinking the same thing. (laughs) But, yeah, there was no police escort. It was just one of the workers on the road got me around it. Brett Kenny scored two tries in the 81-82-83 grand final. How special was he? What an amazing feat. Well, look, I always, I, I joked before, I used to say the game was too easy for yeah. him. And he just, and he loved the big occasions. I mean, I, look, this, he's just a great player. Look, yeah. and I'm not, I'm not taking anything away from Wally Lewis because we all know, but he played against Wally 13 times or 12 times for New South Wales. They won eight. When he played 5-8, they won eight. Yeah. But they kept picking him as um, in the centres. I thought, isn't it obviously sort of. Yeah. And I was actually talking to I was actually talking to Andrew Johns last week, and we we're talking about those sort of things. I said, "How come they picked you as hooker for New South Wales?" I said, "It shows to me that New South Wales they sort of they're, they're arrogant, yeah, thinking they are arrogant in the fact that I remember this year when Queensland won their first game, I had a bloke come in the pub. He said, "Oh, we'll win the next two. I said, "That's the problem, mate. You don't think the other offer a chance, yeah." But Brett was just a natural and. If you look, go back and look at some of those videos. They might think it's an accident, but Jack got him back there in some of those bomb, some of those games to take the bombs when the other side put him up. And you'll see games where he's caught him behind his trial line or on the trial line. One there, I think he runs about thirty metres after he catches it. Peter Sterling was a completely different footballer to Brett, but together they just had it. And, and I don't know if I've seen a better six-seven combination. Is well, Peter Sterling's what you call a footballer. Yeah, you know, he's not quick. He's not. Uh, you know, but he could still run 30 metres to score a try. Yeah. You know, smart, read the game, kick. and But he was just a footballer. And now I said, look, I real, I don't know whether they paid better than they did in 86, but because I spent most of my time yep. watching, I, I said, I said, I can't believe how good these two blokes are. And I said, I never appreciated so much as watching them. When you play with them, you just think, oh, they're out there doing these things. Yeah. You expect them to do it. But watching them, they, that year, they were unbelievable that year. Yeah. They as good as you've seen. Look, it's not something I normally buy into, but you know they're in your side. You're going to win more games than you lose. Yeah. And look, 
Look, I never bought into that who's the best player because I said on a given day they've all been the best player, yeah. you know. And Great I, answer. I used to joke once about, um, I said, you, you give me my side and I, mm. we're playing a one-off game and you, and you said, but your halfback's Tommy Redonigas. I said, I'm going to fancy my chances, yeah. one, especially a one-off game because whoever he's playing against is going to have a very unhappy afternoon. Yes. But, you know, the others might have. But, so they're all different in different ways. But if it's a one-off game, you know, with Tommy in your side, well, all or nothing is going to be – Yeah. <laughs> the other mob aren't going to enjoy it. No, they're not. So many superstars, but was Ray Price the backbone of that Parramatta side? Look, I've always said about Ray, Ray can upset people. I always call him an arc, but – he had 11 years there. Yeah. They made, um, they made seven grand finals. The year, wow. the year they didn't make the semis, he was injured for a good part of the back of that year with a knee injury. 1980. 1980, yeah. Jeez. So they, don't, they just don't realise that, and week in, week out, I, there was no difference between much between his good games and his bad games. He was very consistent, wasn't oh, very, he? And, and just ruthless. In, it's just like today you could go and pick out all the stuff he did. You put it... You, You'd flick a button at it all there, but if you could pick out some of the stuff, some of his tackles from bad situations where he's defending, mm. he ends up hurting Blake. I don't know how he'd, he'd turn a bad situation into a good situation for him. Run the ball. More skills, more skills than people think. Well, he yes. can pass and catch as good as any of them, but he did like to – Jack always said he doesn't really want to inflict pain, but he just thinks it's his duty. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> so some yeah, he would rather sort of go over them around him, but never enough credit for for, for mine for yep. the effect he had on that side over eleven years. But his his um, manner didn't didn't you know, make a lot of people like him at times. Yeah, uh, twenty five times you played for New South Wales, and interestingly, it was at this time you went from interstate football prior to nineteen eighty to actual state of origin in nineteen eighty. How different was that? Look. Coming from the country, I know how Queensland, Queensland felt, right? Yep. Because we come from country playing city. Queensland had hardly won a game for 20 years. Yeah. I'd, play, I'd played from 73 to 80 in those games. And even in 81, we played, never lost a game, never played in a losing game. So I could understand how they felt. And when they come up with the state of origin concept, no one knew what it was going to be like, you know. Mm. I think the money you got, the pay was for that game was, and that never worried. I was never about money for me, but. I think five thousand to the winners to be shared. Five thousand dollars to not, be shared, not five thousand each. Oh, wow! Uh, and I think we would have got two days loss of pay. And we were picked on the Sunday, played on the Tuesday. New South Wales did that till nineteen eighty four. Okay. First year they went into camp, they won in eighty five. I think. I think the first year, even then, they had two camps of three days, Queensland. So their build up was better. But I tell you how. How um, state of origin was different in those days. I got married on a Friday night, played for Parramatta on the Sunday, and state of origin on the Tuesday. Did you really? That's a big week. A big week, yeah, big week. Did you win the football games, by the way? My wife said I went better at the football. <laughs> <laughs> we did. We, well, I think we did actually. Well, the state of origin, but I think we did win that one actually, that game. And we beat Illawarra on the Sunday. But yeah, so that's how different it was. One year there. We went up on the – picked on the Sunday, go up Monday. Yep. Michael Patterson was a 5'8". Yep. He couldn't get out of bed and I think they flew someone up on the Tuesday afternoon to play him. Um, got a bad infection, Michael, and on the – play that night. So. so it was entirely different. So 
And Queensland was always more important. It was put on for Queensland, and I'm not knocking that. And yep. it's all in, it's more important for Queensland, and they've never forgotten. New South Wales win one or two, and we seem to forget they they haven't forgotten Queensland. When Mal took over the coaching, I don't know. I think New South Wales might have won the previous two or three. Yes. And I always remember Mal saying, look, if Queensland get beat this year, I said this to Mal, he said it could be the end of State of Origin. Yeah. I said, Mal, you won eight straight. Never went, once heard you mention at the end of State of Origin when Queensland won eight straight. <laughs> you had to motivate and inspire. <laughs> I said, uh, I said, but when you were looking at possibly your third or fourth straight loss, it was going to be all over. Yeah. But I never heard you once whinging. And, and to their credit, they haven't forgotten. No, they haven't. And it's, and it's bred into the players now, yeah. Griffin Air Conditioning offers the highest quality of air conditioning sales and service across the Sydney metropolitan area, providing installation and maintenance to commercial, domestic and industrial customers. Working with this team, you'll be guaranteed the latest services, technology and developments in the industry. Visit griffinair.com.au and tell them we sent you for a cool deal. Game one, it's a story you're probably sick of, but your Parramatta teammate at the time and your good mate Arthur Beats and put one on your chin. Well, I suppose it looks that way. He came over the top, but I I don't even think it knocked me off my feet, actually. I said, I've seen Arthur. If he'd have hit me right, I said, I wouldn't have been standing there. I said, <laughs> I, said I think he might have went light, but he did come in over the top, but I think it's one of those ones that the main part of the arm probably wasn't hitting me on the chin. I wouldn't like to get it on the chin by Arthur. No, no one so, needs I've that. I've seen him hit a couple. It's an iconic moment, isn't it? Because 40 years later, people still talk about it and oh, reference it. Well, they do, and I find it hard because – and even Arthur used to joke. because I don't know, there's footage of him somewhere because – I always just say, oh, my mother doesn't love you anymore. <laughs> and, he, and he said it was an accident, Mrs Crone, and he says it on this interview somewhere. Yeah. If we're talking great teams in rugby league, where do you think the Eels side of the early 80s or 86 fits in? Can you compare eras? Can you? I, I, nev- I never tried it because yeah. that's what they are, they're errors. I, was, I saw um, Bart Cummings once talking about horses. He said, you don't compare champions. He said, just yep. recognise them because they're never going to play against each other. They're never going to. Game's different. The rules are different. But what I'm saying is those players, you look at the players and you'd say how they'd go today. And yep. You can honestly look at them and say they'd still be good players today. You retired from Rep Footy Mick in 1982. You missed the third kangaroo tour. Do you regret that decision? Look, I was talking to someone the other day about it and I said, look, I arranged my wedding that year, that's about going on the kangaroo tour. Mm. I brought it forward again. So you think back years later, you said, oh, should I went? But I saw a State of Origin game in, the last State of Origin game in 1982. It was replayed and I watched it. I said, now I know I didn't go on the kangaroo. Really? I was, dis- I was disgraceful. It, it would be, have to be the worst State of Origin game from both sides. You've told me you've played a couple of disgraceful games. I reckon you're a hard marker on yourself. No, no, no. But, but um, and I said, because I remember, and I was, it was sort of going flat. The other thing, in 1978, I played 55 games of football. We used wow. To, we used to, I wasn't the only one on that tour, but we used to get up and walk every morning at 7 o'clock. We'd train on the days of games, and I thought, if I go and do this again in 1982, I'll come back. And I was enjoying Parramatta. Yep. I was enjoying the club players and Jack Gibson and all the young blokes. 
I thought if I go back and ca- come back, I said I mightn't want to. I mightn't enjoy it. So, yeah, I said I arranged my wedding, but after that, but when I look back, I said now I know why I didn't go. Yeah. Why I definitely, which made up my mind. Actually, on the day of the after the grand final, one of the selectors came up to me and said, "Do you want to change your mind?" I said, "No, I'm not changing my mind." Done. I said, "I've made the decision," and and as I said, I thought that's it. I retired, but I got. I got called back to the. I think they lost the first state of origin. I mean, they went have a few injuries. Yep. And you couldn't. So you weren't allowed to. You weren't officially able to just say, "I'm not playing more." No. Was part of it. So when they picked me, and it's funny, we won the first game. And I said, "Oh, this is good." And the second yeah. game, we got a hide, and I said, "Oh, Jesus, this isn't that much fun." But anyway, <laughs> over the last year, it seems Cameron Smith has occupied more headline space in the newspapers than the royal family. Will he retire? Won't he retire? When does he retire? What's he doing? You and Ray Price got to live that fairy tale. You went out with a premiership, but you did it on your terms. Very special. My eyes finished me, so that was yep. my the decision was made for me. I always thought I might come back and play here in Jerangong, but when, but I always thought Ray should have went again. But yeah. I don't know what he was thinking that day when he because the fact he came back two years later and went and played in England. Yes. I always thought, Ray, you should have played then and got it out of your system. And mm. he could have played again. He was just, just like he's a couple of years younger than me. So he could have played again. He's you know, he's got that mean streak in him and that He way. does. But anyway, he decided to give it away and, and it, as I said, we went out winners. I can't complain about that. But but my decision was made easy because of the fact you yep. know, the eye injury. Did you ever get used to seeing Alfie Richards and company picking up Ray behind the well, try line? The 86 Mad Monday, a few blows kept re-knacking every day. And the, <laughs> the thing about it, I don't even know whether Ray didn't always make Mad Mondays, but, yeah, one of them would go down and they'd pick him up and he'd stagger. But, look, there was, yeah, there was a bit of a contradiction there. But, he, look, he did put his head where you wouldn't put your feet at times. Yeah. Coaching from 1990 to 93, how difficult was it coaching players that had been your teammates only a few years earlier? My father wasn't the, wasn't the dumbest man in the world. And when I said I'm going to coach Parramatta, he said, you're going at a bad time. I said, look, I know that. But I said, look, in four years' time, I mightn't want to do it. Yep. And in four years' time, it mightn't be there. Yeah. They come and ask me. I didn't, they come and ask me. I didn't apply for a job. They come and ask me. So I said... I know what you're saying. Yeah. I said, I, you know, I said I'm, you know, you've got a fair idea what football's about and you look at yep. the players. But I said, look, it's a chance. I'll do it now and that, you know. And, Did you uh, enjoy it? I enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah. You don't, I never enjoyed getting beaten, but I enjoyed it. Don't bl- take all the blame. And look, people all, a bloke always wrote an article once that more or less got sacked. But they actually asked me to go back for another year. Yes. And probably got offered twice as much money. But they wanted me to spend more time in. Sydney. They no. might have known I wouldn't take that. Yeah. That's why they thought we can offer him the world, he won't work. But I said, look, and I said, to be fair, these players need something different and I probably need something, you know. An amazing time at the Parramatta Football Club. So much success in the early 80s, throughout the mid-80s. And I say this with complete respect, but the playing roster probably just wasn't up to matching it with the big guns. Look, and I'm not blaming the players, but they probably made the mistake, Parramatta, where they thought every young junior coming through was going to be another Kenny, yep. Ella, Growth, you know. And we, they bought Sturlow from out, but they, they all thought, and even when I got there, there were some blokes on good money there, like scholarships. Yes. See, my first, my first year on the job, they brought in the salary cap. So my first year at Parramatta wasn't, 
pay who I could buy was who I had the sack because of, oh. well, they thought they'd get some dispensation, but they didn't. Yeah. You know, and from at the end of 86, they'd signed some young blokes on. Big thinking, bucks. Thinking they were going to be. So, yeah, so I had, and at the same time, blokes like Eric were struggling. Yeah. But injury, so I think they worked out a deal with them, you know. Can you believe all these years later, people are still comparing whoever the Parramatta halfback is to Peter Sterling? What an unfair comparison. Well, it's, it's unfair in all those things. Yeah. It's, 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 the last thing you want to see put next to your name is comparing to some oh. champion. Like, yeah. Like, there's a couple of players in the plane now, and I'm not going to mention their names to the degree. Their only problems are that people – in the media, put bigger raps on them than they're probably entitled to. Yes. Well, we'll go with um, Hunt from St. George. It's not his fault they offered him one point whenever they offered him. I've had this argument. If he so was getting many six times. or seven hundred thousand dollars. Yep. No one to be complaining. The pressure should be on the guy that wrote the check. But that's what I'm yeah. saying. It, and you'd think he was an idiot if he knocked it back. You can't blame him. But all of a sudden, he's not Jonathan Thurston or yep. Peter Sterling, wherever you like, Alfie Langer. They all criticise him, but. As I said, someone's offered them the money, and that's the problem. They build them up, mm. you know, and they, they continually, like Moses at Parramatta, they, it's not his fault if he doesn't end up Andrew Johns. Yeah. You know, but that's their problem, you know, Luke Brooks. They put all these, they build them in the bigger, then they can't wait to tear them down. It's mm. one of my pet hates that they, you know, these young blokes, and they, it's like they've, some of the people get upset because they haven't lived up to their expectations. Yeah, that's which are exactly greater, right. Which are greater than a lot of other people's. The Eels off the field since the 80s, sadly, have rarely been out of the headlines for any great length of time. There always seems to be a boardroom fight, a split, a broken friendship. How hard is it watching a club you love continually implode? Look, look I was a, I'm a friend of Dennis Fitzgerald, so yep. I've got to... But look... They succeeded under Dennis Fitzgerald. Yes, their problem, and he might have made a, he might have misread a few things too. But the thing about it is quality of players, probably. Yep. And you you were never going to have the likes of Sterling, Kenny, and Ella there every week. Mm. But quality of players, and then see, I think the club was still run well, but the fact was they couldn't win a comp. Yeah. Now Brian Smith got got close a couple of times, you know, and then two thousand and nine they got close. They, were, they had chances, but you just didn't win them. Yeah. But because they had that success and this, I think you're not entitled to that success. You've got, you know, so, but all of a sudden the fans think you aren't. So then, mm. And there's other people on the outside and probably just genuine Parramatta supporters who look in and think, well, how hard is it to buy a football coach mm. and enough players to win a comp? Well, some of those people got the chance to run the place and found out it's not that easy. It isn't that easy. Do you still love the joint, the club and the colours? Still, yeah. No, they're always good to me. I'm, as I said, people, I still follow them. and I go to get to a few functions and if they want me to do something, I can, I will. Yeah, but no, they were good to me. So I can't, you know, you've got to respect that and got to be thankful for that. I've known you since the late 80s and I finally get to sit here at your Gerringong Hotel <laughs> for the very first time. I've never been down here. How's the hotel going and, and how's life in 2021? Well, 21 has only been a few days, but uh, but look, you know, I'm living in Deering. That's what I always wanted to do, yep. you know, and it's been a tough year for everyone, but we can't complain realistically. There's people a lot worse off than us, you know, in a world where it keeps changing every day at the moment. But uh, no, I'm just, I'm happy to be living in Deeringville. Do you look back on the journey of rugby league very fondly all these years later? 
Well, I've got to, you know, all the things. I've got a lot of enjoyment out of the game. I met my wife through rugby league. Yep. Married the boss's daughter, actually. <laughs> but uh, but uh, <laughs> I don't think when he saw me, he knew that was going to happen. <laughs> I probably didn't either. But, um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, look, very funny. Look, as I said, I can remember my father taking me to a grand final in 56 to see Derringong play. They make a lot of grand finals, Derringong. So I've seen a lot of that and, you know, and as I said, the enjoyment it's given to me the, and the people and the friends I've met and places I've been. Mm. 216 games for the mighty Parramatta Eels, 25 for your state, 33 for your country, and an amazing career. And you haven't changed a bit from the first time I met you, and, and that says so much about the character of a man. I grew up as a young Eels tragic, idolising you in 2021, I do, but for very different reasons. Michael Cronin, thank you for your time. You, sir, are a legend. Well, some people might think so I have changed, and they might be right, but thanks very much. A new episode of the Legends series drops every Tuesday and the weekly Wodge every Thursday. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening and follow us on social media at The Andy Raymond. Then you won't miss a thing. Come back soon. Legends. <laughs>